of many of our daily vocabularies. So my first thing to do was to look up in the dictionary. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the dictionary defines it as be sure to see or don't miss this. <clears throat> um, and, you know, when the Bible, if the Bible has to say don't miss this at the start, then we should really pay attention because <laughs> if, the, if God felt like it needed that word at the start of the phrase or the passage or the paragraph or even just one verse, if he felt like he had to say don't miss this, then we really ought to sit up and pay attention. So this, this week, our verse is found in 1 John chapter 3. And it says this. Now, I had to go back to the King James Version to find behold in the verse. So you might just want to listen to me read it, or you can follow along with your own version. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Don't miss this. The love that God has for us means that we are given the privilege of being called his sons and his daughters. We have been adopted and we are children of God. For most of us, the idea of being adopted as a child of God isn't a new concept. It's something that we talk about in church quite regularly. It's something that we sing about. If you are into new worship music, there's a lot of songs that talk about being a child of God. We write it down and we put it up on pretty pictures on our walls. And we believe it, don't we? It's a relatively simple phrase. And it's easy to say, but actually its meaning is both simple and complex. For many of us, we're continually learning, and it will be a continual learning process over our lives for what it actually means, what the truth of this phrase means for each of our lives. And for me, there's been an element that I, I guess I've overlooked, but that God has been revealing to me over the last number of months and even years. When we think about children, I'm sure there's many different thoughts and ideas and images that come to your mind. Uh, many different memories or stories are already probably popping up in your, in your minds. And if I were to ask everyone here what you think of when you think of the world child, I might get a different answer from each person. And although each child is different and each child is unique because God made them that way, there's traits that all children share. There's some universal traits that we all share, and one of these traits is vulnerability. And as much as children eh, say, I can do it myself, and I'm sure many parents know that phrase far too well, eh, children are still vulnerable and they do need help. They need their parents and they need their guardians to care for them. Most young children wear their hearts on their sleeves. When they're happy, you know about it. When they're sad, you know about it. When they're hungry or tired or whatever it is, you know about it. They're vulnerable about letting you know how they feel, whether they're happy or not. Studies show that by the age of four, children have begun to develop a skill that basically means they can alter their emotions. So whatever they're feeling on the inside, they can change that on the outside. Psychologists call it the emotional display rules. So for example, here in the West, we have cultural rules or social norms that we teach our children so that they fit into society. An example of this is when we teach children to say thank you when they get a gift that maybe they didn't like. So on the inside, this child has been given a gift and they're thinking, 
why do I want a new clock for my wall or whatever it is? And on the inside, they're so frustrated or annoyed or they're like, ugh, I don't like that. But as parents, you're looking at your child and you're like, you will smile while you receive this gift. (laughs) So, and while it is a hugely important life skill and something that will be of benefit to them throughout their entire lives, because otherwise they won't have many friends, um, it's, it's vital for children to learn this skill to fit in with our culture. But in some ways, it is also part of them losing vulnerability, the vulnerability of knowing their true feelings. Back in March, before I went to America, God gave me the word vulnerability. And I didn't exactly understand why at the time, so I began to look into what it means to be vulnerable. The first meaning I found was this, capable or susceptible to being wounded or hurt. Now, I'm not going to (laughs) lie, I wasn't exactly thinking, yes, this word is amazing, I want to be vulnerable. It was, I, yeah, I I thought about the word and I thought, you know, God, I'm going to need to do a little bit more digging on this one because I just, I'm not getting it. So I did, I went to Google and I looked up a few more definitions and the next one wasn't much better. Vulnerability is to be open to mortal attack, criticism, temptation, etc., And I thought, God, seriously, this is the word that you're giving me? How can this be a good thing? How could it even be a valuable thing? And so I went back to the definitions and I reread them. And I still was like, God, I just, I don't understand. But I felt God prompted me to look a little closer. Both of the definitions imply that the state of vulnerability had not been chosen. But both had been caused due to circumstances or situations. As humans, we are vulnerable just like children. And while generally as adults, we are able to feed ourselves and clothe ourselves and even provide a home for ourselves or an income for ourselves, we're still vulnerable. We're vulnerable to sickness. We're vulnerable to being injured. We're vulnerable to being hurt, both physically and mentally. We're vulnerable to temptation and to sin. And while with the world's perspective, vulnerability is something you would not desire or want to be, With kingdom perspective, vulnerability is key. At the core of any parent or guardian relationship with their child is vulnerability. A child from the beginning is vulnerable and completely reliant on on their parent or guardian to meet their basic needs. And actually, vulnerability is at the core of any human relationships. It's what's at the core of how we connect with one another. So why would it be any different with our relationship with God? Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called his children. Through his lavish love, he has given us both the right and the privilege to call ourselves and to be called his children. So often we hear about the power and the authority that that gives us, which is true and vital to grasp. But in accepting our position as his children, we are accepting our requirement to be vulnerable. Not the kind of vulnerability that we had before, uh, where like the definitions I read, we were vulnerable to earthly things. But in accepting my identity as a child of God, I am accepting that I am required to be vulnerable with him. We need to learn that to to grow in our relationship with our Heavenly Father, we need to get vulnerable with the Holy Spirit. We... Because when, well, sorry, because when we are vulnerable with the Holy Spirit, we stop relying on our own strengths and start relying on the, the strength that God gives us. And it's his power and his strength that we use to get through our day. 
In America, there's a researcher named Brienne Brown, and she worked for years as a social worker. <clears throat> after, after some time, she began to, to see some patterns and trends, and so she moved on to becoming a researcher. And she spent many years studying the power of vulnerability. Part of her research looks into human relationships, and she found that all humans, regardless of where they're from, at their core, have the same fear of disconnection, of not having relationships with other people. In order for connections with other people to happen, we have to be seen. We have to be really seen, or in other words, we have to be vulnerable with one another. She does, I'm not sure if you know of the, the group TED Talks, but she does a TED Talk, which is on YouTube, um, about this. And in this video, she talks about some of her studies. And her studies and research um, into, into connections and into relationships, as it progressed, she found that there were two main groups of people. One group was a group of people who had a strong sense of love and belonging. The other group did not have a strong sense of love and belonging. And so she wondered, what was the difference? Why is there such a distinct group of people, or why are there two distinct groups of people? She noticed that within the group who had a strong sense of sorry, love and belonging, there was a core element. These people all believed that they were worthy of love and belonging. The people who had a sense of love and belonging, she calls wholehearted people. And she found a common thread within this group was that these people have courage. Now, she defines courage using its original meaning, which we don't really use now, but she defines it as a, to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. Therefore, wholehearted people have the courage to be imperfect, to be vulnerable. They have the compassion to be kind to themselves first. Vulnerable. Then they have the compassion, or then they have compassion with others, because you can't do one without the other. They have connections as a result of authenticity, because they were able to let go of who they thought they should be to be who they are. They fully embraced their state of vulnerability, and more than that, they were able to believe that what makes them vulnerable also makes them beautiful. They were not only, they didn't love vulnerability and they didn't hate it. They were able to tolerate it and realize that it was an essential part to life. What's also interesting in her, that is that in her study, Brienne discovered that vulnerability is at the core of shame and fear, but it is also the birthplace of love, joy, and creativity. Now, I'm not sure whether Brienne Brown is a Christian or not, but I find this research really challenging. And especially, probably all the more so, because if it was done with a secular perspective. With science and research, she came up with these conclusions. And although she maybe didn't set out to have it backed up, backed up by the Bible, it does. And it is. God desires us to be wholehearted people, embracing vulnerability. Jeremiah 24 verse 7 says, I will give them a heart to know me. For I am the Lord, and they will be my people. I will be their God, for they will return to me with their whole heart. Jeremiah 29.13 says, You will seek me and find me when you search with all your heart. Deuteronomy 30 verse 6 says, To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, so that you may live.
Mark 12 and 30 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. To love God wholeheartedly, we need to find a way of embracing vulnerability. And what better time to start than now? During the week, God really challenged me about being vulnerable. See, the thing about vulnerability is the less that you're vulnerable with the people around you, the less they're vulnerable with you. And people often mistake vulnerability with weakness. But vulnerability is being able to accept your weakness. And more than that, it's realizing that you can gain strength, strength when you're weak. Vulnerability is also not oversharing. We don't, and I'm not telling you, to share everything with everyone at all times. The world definitely doesn't need us to be oversharers. But for those of us who are Christians, the world needs us to get comfortable with being vulnerable. Because if we can't be vulnerable with one another, how can we be vulnerable with people outside church? So I felt God challenging me to be vulnerable this morning. So I'm going to share with you some of the areas of my life that I've found vulnerability to be. And maybe you can relate to these, maybe you can't, but maybe God will speak to you about areas that you're vulnerable. So the first one is that I'm short. Uh, when I was, <laughs> you can laugh, it's okay, I've come to terms with it. <laughs> when, when I was younger, when I was in primary school, for a long time, I was one of the tallest in my class. And I know I'll probably need to send pictures for you to believe me, but I was one of the tallest in my class. So whenever it came to picture time or whatever it was, I would be in the back row because I was one of the tallest. And then I reached probably about second year of high school, and all of a sudden, all my friends were about here or maybe here, and I realized that actually I'm not so tall anymore. Uh, And while I guess for a little while it was a bit of a sore point, I have come to terms with it, but being tall had been my identity for such a long time that when that changed, it took a little bit of adjusting to. Another one, and maybe this is more for women, but it's, I guess, what clothes size you wear. You know, I think in our culture, we're expected to be a certain, or we're told that we should be a certain size. So we define ourselves by a number on a scale and not by a number, or sorry, not by what our Heavenly Father says about us. Not smart enough. Uh, growing up, I had always done well in school and I was always in one of the higher classes. Uh, and when I did my standard grades, which is the same as GCSEs in Scotland, uh, I did, did really well. And to be honest, I didn't actually have to work that hard to do well. I just found it easy at that level. And then I moved on to hires, which are the same as A-levels. And there's a big difference. There's a jump and you have to work harder because there's more required of you. <clears throat> and so because I'd done so well in my GCSEs, when I got to A-level, I was targeted to get A's and B's for most of my subjects. But at the end of the year, I got um, I came, or I got my results, and I had two Bs, two Cs, and a D. And while they're not necessarily bad results, for me, when I was targeted As, in my mind, I'd failed completely. It didn't matter that it was that I'd got Cs, which still count as grades, but in my head, I'd, I was really disappointed and really upset that I, to me, had done so badly. <laughs> but now, I, now, now I can look back and I see, you know, it wasn't that I did badly, but I got the grades that I got, and and. There's maybe different reasons that I got those grades, but partly it was because I was so, or not partly, but I think that God was challenging me that my identity didn't come from a letter given to me by a teacher in school. 
Uh, another area is that um, there was a while, probably before I came here, that people, several people actually called me shy. Now, it's not that I'm not shy, or I'm, I, I think everyone can be shy at times, but I think people labeled me shy, and I accepted that label, and I used that label then as an excuse as to why I could or couldn't do things. And I began to believe that that was who I was. It, became, it did become an excuse, and I would say no to things because I was a shy person. And I'd allowed other people to impact my identity. More recently, um, with my new job, I realized that sometimes I get labeled as the wee girl. <laughs> I walk in with David to a meeting who's six foot three and easily has authority when he walks into a room. And then I walk in beside him at five foot three and there's the wee girl with David who's David's secretary and I'll do the wee typing away or whatever. <laughs> um, and so I realized that, you know what, if other people want to label me that way, that's okay and that's their problem. But um, it's amazing how a phrase, we girl, can go from being really cute to patronizing in less than 30 seconds. And so sometimes I'm labeled that way, and it's just realizing what things that we can take on or, or what we should take on and what we don't need to take on. Uh, another area I, I know that I'm vulnerable in is being able to ask for help. I'm not always very good at asking for help for things. When I know I'm able to do it, but maybe I just don't have the time to do it, or I can't do it this week, or whatever it is, sometimes we need to learn to ask for help. We need to get better at being vulnerable, because I'm sure that as I've shared these things, there's things that might resonate with you, but there's also things that God has been speaking to you about that are more personal to you. So maybe that it's not you're not thin enough, maybe it's not it's that you've not got enough muscles, or not that you're too shy, but that you're too loud. Or maybe it's not about being too smart, or sorry, not smart enough, but maybe it's like another skill, like you wish you could sing and you've never been that good a singer. Sometimes it's scary how quickly we can fill in the blank of not being enough. But see what love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Vulnerability can either be our biggest strength or our biggest weakness. When we choose to be vulnerable, firstly, with our Heavenly Father, we are doing it in a safe place. He loves us so dearly, but so lavishly. God doesn't need us to be vulnerable, but in being vulnerable with him, we are allowing him access to our whole hearts. We are opening ourselves up to our Heavenly Father who knows us better than anyone and better than we know ourselves. So first, we need to learn to be vulnerable with God. So how do we do that? How can we keep our focus and our perspective on being a child of God? It's simple, but it's not always easy. It's prayer. Prayer is the key to our relationship with our Heavenly Father. There's a quote which is pretty famous, and I'm sure many of you know it, by C.S. Lewis, which says, prayer doesn't change Sorry, prayer doesn't change God, it changes me. In our vulnerability, prayer is what changes something from our biggest weakness to our biggest strength. Prayer opens our eyes to our Heavenly Father and His perspective on our situation and circumstance. Prayer gives us the chance to accept our vulnerability and it gives us a safe space to process it and ultimately it changes us and shows us how this weakness can become a strength. Prayer can also help us to see where maybe we need to go and talk to someone about it. Maybe we need a bit of extra help and ask for help. 
Or maybe someone else would benefit from us sharing our story of vulnerability. Because we need to learn to be vulnerable with our church family. As a church, we need to be a safe place. A place where people know that they can be vulnerable. And more importantly, a place where they know that their vulnerability isn't going to become a gossip headline. Church needs to be a safe place where, they, where people can be vulnerable, but also that they can be equipped to embrace the things that make them vulnerable. There's a passage that I'm sure is familiar to many of you in Matthew 5. It talks about the salt and the light, or us being the salt and the light. From verse 14 it says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. Do you see the link there between the city and the hill? Or sorry, the city and the light? Both the city is on the hill and it cannot be hidden. It is open to be seen by the eyes of many. It is being watched and easily seen, which can make it vulnerable. Similarly, the light is likely a candle has been placed on a stand and again visible for all to see and to watch. The message puts puts the verse like this. Now that I have put you on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open your house, be generous with your lives. And this is the bit I want to focus in on. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God this generous Father in heaven. It's so important that we get to a place where we can be vulnerable. First with God, then with our church family, because the result of that is that we will be able to be vulnerable with people who don't know God. And it's our vulnerability that gives those people the opportunity to not only be vulnerable with us, but to open up to their heavenly Father. Now, let me just put an element of caution in. The reason that I could share these, the areas that I was vulnerable in was because I'd opened up to God about them first and then to a few trusted people. And I'm able to share them with more people because these things that had impacted my identity eh, and might always be or may always be an issue for me, through the Holy Spirit's prompting, I was able to process these issues and identify these issues. And I can stand before you and tell, tell you that those things don't define me and are not my identity because I am secure in my identity as a child of God. I can say that they are areas of vulnerability for me, but I'm not asking you to share your issues that you're still working through. I am, though, asking you to be open to the fact that one day God might ask you to use these situations that you're facing or have faced in the past to, br- to be stories that bring, breakthrough, sorry, that bring breakthrough to those around you. I know that the the things I mentioned before are often the areas that I'm attacked through. They're areas that were once my weaknesses. And both in my human nature and sometimes the enemy will use these to tell me that I'm not enough. But it's then that I can turn to verses like John 3, 1 John 3 verse 1 that says, But see what love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. It's verses like this that show us that it was never because of anything that we are or can do that God loves us, but it's because God chooses to lavish his love on us that we can be called his children. 
Our biggest weakness can become our biggest strength, but it is through that that God connects with us. There's literally nothing we could do or see or think that would make God love us, yet he chooses to love us anyway. And in our state of vulnerability, we are given the title, His Children. The verse goes on to say, The world does not know us, because it did not know Him. You know, we have the opportunity to reveal our Heavenly Father through our ability to be vulnerable. In sharing our stories, the stories of what God has done for us, and it's in our willingness to share these stories, to share the struggles and to share things and areas that we are vulnerable in. The world doesn't need our tidy, neat and boxed up lives. The, the lives where everything is sorted and in order and perfect. The world needs to see that our lives can be messy. We, we can't all live in photoshopped or airbrushed worlds. We live in a world where we can hardly walk down the street without being bombarded with images that tell us that we need something or that we don't have enough or we need, some, we need a new gadget or product or house or clothes or whatever it is. We need the latest thing. The world needs us to be vulnerable and authentic because it's so countercultural. It's so countercultural, excuse me. It's so countercultural that we could be content just as we are. It can't help but cause people to question our lives. Because we are children of God, the world does not understand us. It doesn't understand our motives or our reasoning. The world does not know God, but we do. For the world to be told, your weakness can be your strength. The idea is pretty ridiculous, really. The world didn't expect its saviour, the Prince of Heaven, to come to us as a baby, to come weak and to come vulnerable. But that is what he did. The world did not expect him to spend time with the poor, the sick and the needy. But that is what he did. The world did not understand, even his closest friends did not understand, when he gave himself over to the officials and he was taken and crucified. But that is what he did. Many of the world didn't and still don't believe that he rose from the grave, having conquered sin and death. But that is what he did. And because that is what he did, we can stand together this morning as adopted children of God. Although the world still does not recognize him, we as the children of God must embrace our vulnerability as Jesus did and be courageous in sharing our stories and telling the world the story of who we are with our whole hearts. We are God's children, sons and daughters. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Now, I just felt that vulnerability is quite a um, complicated issue and it can be quite a challenging issue. And so I wanted to just leave some space at the end for people um, who maybe want prayer to do with any of the things that I've been speaking about or maybe things that God has been speaking to you directly about. Uh, And there's people here who can pray with you, but... Let me just encourage you that sometimes the most vulnerable thing is walking up to someone and saying, I need prayer or that I need help. And, you know, sometimes it's the bravest thing as well. 
So if that's you and you would like prayer, please come and find me or one of the, the leadership team, and we would love to pray with you. Um, and yeah, we would love just to share in your, in your vulnerability and in your moment of struggle and in your, your difficult times. We would love to stand beside you and say that you're not alone. Because just because you're vulnerable doesn't mean you're alone. And sometimes when the difference between being vulnerable and being weak is that you feel alone when you're weak, but when you're vulnerable, that you know you're not standing on your own two feet, but you're standing with God's strength behind you. So let me pray for everyone. And then if anyone would like prayer, please come forward or find someone to pray with. Father, we thank you that you are our Father. We thank you that because of the love that you have lavished on us, we can be called your children. We thank you that each person in this room is your son and your daughter, and that you know each one of us far better than we could know them. But you love them for each, each of their gifts, each of their talents, but you also love them in their vulnerability. God, help us to be better at being vulnerable with you, And help us, God, to just be open with you when we're struggling with things, God. And and help us to, to come to you first. But God, give us the boldness to find people who we can trust to share these things with as well, Father. Help us to be people who seek a vulnerability and trusted friendships, Father. God, I thank you for each person here. And Lord, I pray that you would give us boldness to come for prayer if we need prayer, or to ask for help if we need help. Lord, I pray a blessing over today and each person here. In the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.